0: This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Presented by Liquid Spirits Beverage Catering Company.
1: Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 60 of Small Talk. I'm your host, Michelle Smallman, and I cannot believe we have done 60 episodes of this ridiculous podcast. It's really insane to think about it. We've been doing it for way longer than I thought we ever would. So if you've listened to all 60 of those episodes, thank you for joining us on this journey. If you haven't, go back and binge them. You may like them, or you may think they're really stupid. Either way, thank you, I appreciate your support. My guest this week is an old friend, and by that, I mean I've known him a long time. Not that he's aging poorly, (laughs) he's one of the best dudes and the best broadcasters I know. We have some battle stories we could share. Probably not this week, but maybe at a later date. You hear him locally here in St. Louis on 101 ESPN Middays with Stalter and Rivers. You hear him nationally on ESPN radio. So pumped and proud of that. We're gonna give you more details about that here in a second. But I'm so excited to welcome Anthony Stalter to Small Talk this week. Anthony, thanks for joining me. What's up, buddy? I
0: appreciate you having me on the podcast. We haven't uh, we haven't done this before, so I'm I'm like excited and nervous.
1: Don't be nervous. And the reason I haven't had you on is because we had conflicting hours. By the time Very you true. came into the studio, I was long gone and trying to nap or something after that. But And I don't blame you. Now that I have a different schedule, expect me to bother you often.
0: That's fine. Yes. I've listened to your podcast before. I know that uh, you don't go all sports, so no. I've, I'm really interested to see what you have for me today.
1: Okay, well, here's what's on deck first. So since I do have a new schedule, I have new eating habits. So before, I was getting up at 4 a.m., I'm doing a radio show until 10, basically just... Pounding coffee all the time and oftentimes if I would eat breakfast I would get really full and really tired it doesn't take a lot for me to get full and tired (laughs) I'm kind of like a little baby in that way (laughs) Uh, so I would avoid it until about noon and then I would eat a huge lunch whatever people don't care about that but the the moral of the story is that now I'm starving all day because I'm up like a normal person so I feel like I'm grazing and snacking throughout the day so before we, we went on air with this podcast I'm eating these grapes here and they're from Trader Joe's and they're called Cotton candy grapes. Okay, and I want you to try one and tell me if you like it and if you think it tastes like cotton candy.
0: All right. So little little back story here. I hate grapes. <laughs> I do. Green and purple. I hate. I hate all. Gra- I hate grapes. I hate uh, grape soda. I hate wine.
1: depurp What?
0: It's. I mean, I <laughs> you just hate wine. I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, if this I'm interview gonna, ends here. If I'm gonna do, I know I shouldn't have said that because <laughs> I know you're you're such a wine connoisseur. I, if I'm going to do a wine, it's almost got to be, um, what's, it's got to be white. It's got to be a white wine.
1: Don't say Moscato.
0: I don't even know what that, no, I mean, it's just (laughs) something that doesn't taste like wine, basically. So this is going to be interesting. So, all right, I'm, I'm putting this grape in my mouth now.
1: Okay. He's chewing. He's... He's thinking.
0: That is good. He's pensive. That is. Doesn't
1: it taste like candy?
0: It does taste like candy. I'll give that to you. I love it. Those I, are grapes I can eat. So what, what do they soak this stuff in sugar?
1: I don't really know what the deal is, but I like it, and I'm pretending that it's healthy. And I have a new segment idea that I want to pitch to you now that I'm snacking all day. What if I do a Smallman snack of the week?
0: That could be good. <laughs> yeah. These these would probably lead off your your little snack uh, item there. The, it's funny. Like Trader Joe's, they have so much good stuff. hmm but they tend to take whatever's healthy and make it not healthy. But oh, yeah. I like your line of thinking there. Like, if you ever go down the Trader Joe's aisle and they got all kinds of cashews and whatever, they're dipping these cashews in everything. Hell yeah, they honey, are. Honey, sesame seeds. Have, have you tried those, by the way? The honey, like, sesame sesame seed cashews? No, but I'm going Unreal. to. Unreal. My wife, Kristen, picks them up sometimes. And then they're, you know, gone in a blink because I'm eating them. And she's like, listen, those things aren't, uh, those things aren't cheap
1: Yeah, no, they're not.
0: But just slow down on that.
1: Have her pick up some chili lime almonds for you. Okay, fair enough. Those are good too. Okay, well, you're a dad, Anthony, so I'm sure you're preparing snacks for your kids all the time. So you have to tell me what's your favorite snack? For the kids? Well, yeah, just for you. Are you grazing on their snacks? What are you making for them? I need to know so I can work some new snacks in my arsenal.
0: Okay, so one of the things that you'll find out as a parent is your kids won't eat everything and then you wind up eating it because a lot of times you don't have enough time to like make yourself breakfast or make yourself lunch. Mm -hmm. So one of my go-tos isn't even a snack item. We get uh, like the French toast sticks from Aldi and I'll throw them in the air fryer for them for for breakfast. And what I started to do was I try to eat as healthy as possible. And, and we try to, we try to incorporate as much healthy items for the kids. Right. But they're sometimes you just run out. You don't have a lot of time, so I throw the French toast sticks in the air fryer. Sometimes I make a little bit more than what I know my kids will eat. Like my <laughs> daughter Madeline, she's three. She can she can probably do about you know th- three of these things. And Killian is eighteen months. He might do one, um, but I may make seven for them. So I'll I'll eat I'll eat that a lot. They love they love uh, Cheerios plain Cheerios classic. They love puffs like these cheddar puff things that my wife will get from aldi as well so they they can they can snack with the best of them turkey pepperoni like it's just all kind of handheld okay. stuff uh killian will eat blueberries until great. there's no more left in the house
1: any accidents
0: yeah <laughs> which i'm sure he's worried about at 18 months Keep yeah his skin young yeah exactly he's really good but he's probably the healthiest eater in the house like he's he's berries strawberries peas those, those are his go-to. Look at that. I know.
1: When I was a kid, I hated veggies, and my dad used to say things to me all the time to trick me to eat them. And um, he would always say, carrots are good for your eyes. And I was like, how do you know? And he'd go, have you ever seen a blind rabbit?
0: It's a great like, point, Tony Smallman. You know
1: what, Dad? I have not. Yeah. Correct. So now I eat carrots all the time because <laughs> sure. they are good for your eyes. But if he grows out of that, just spin some right. lies his way or trick him into eating
0: That'll it. It'll be fine. Madeline only eats like quesadillas now. Like everything's got to be in that. quesadilla love form, for which, yeah, I love it. So we go to like crazy bowls and raps a lot and you know, what do you want, Madeline? Do you want it? cheese quesadilla done? Good.
1: Okay, so you're a busy guy because not only are you a dad and you're making quesadillas all the time, but you have
0: <laughs> fresh toast sticks and quesadillas.
1: <laughs> you have a new radio show here on 101 ESPN. Yep. It's you and Jamie Rivers. Congratulations. Thank you. Everyone needs to listen from 10 to 10 2. 2. I, I keep forgetting it's four hours now. That's a long it's day. for a beast. For you. That is, four hours is a beast. That's a long time for you. But you know, over the past few months, you've been doing kind of tag this person in, tag this person out, with you being the constant. But right. well, what has it been about Jamie? Rivers that when he sat in with you you said this is the guy I could do this with him Monday through Friday four hours five days a week
0: it's an excellent question so a little back backstory I know we'll get to dunk at some point um, I was paired up with Chris Duncan 2006 World Series champion his dad was Dave Duncan the pitching coach longtime pitching coach for Tony La Russa here in St. Louis and Duncan I did uh, the turn which was uh, like off the wall mostly mostly baseball but when dunk and I would get into stuff I mean it would there, there was a lot to unpack there. Sometimes, and when you talk about him fighting a wolf, he was talking about coral reef. I was mixing in like football and betting, and like so. It was, it was a fun show, and I think a lot of people loved it. So he, he had a uh, brain tumor, which was operated on uh, when he was still a member of the Fastlane, which is our afternoon drive, drive time show here. Tumor come, came back at the end of 2017, so he stepped away in 2018. So just to kind of give you some context, as Michelle just noted. I was solo some shows. I was working with, uh, like, Michael Young, Kerry Davis, NFL veterans during some of the NFL games or, or seasons. Mark Saxon of The Athletic would, would would join me for a week. Our good buddy Nick Wagner mm-hmm. of VSPN.com. He covers the 49ers. If he was in town, he would, you know, maybe do a week with me. I think we did the Super Bowl week together. And... All of those, like like Nick, you know, I, I I love Nick, but Nick has Nick has a a real job. He has a, a writing job
1: in California. Uh, in
0: California, <laughs> Mark Saxon's got to cover the Cardinals, you know. Yeah. So so a lot of this, I knew that was just kind of the short term basis, and then I'd always have the. All right, am I going to do solo? We used to do the interviews, the hockey interviews with Jamie Rivers and Dunk and I. Admittedly, so didn't we? I still don't know a, a ton about hockey. Obviously, you get to know that the Blues and you, you get to know their style of play, but the league and everything, I didn't, I didn't know much of. So Jamie used to do our hockey hits with us, with with Dunk and I, and I always thought Jamie extremely knowledgeable. We could throw a joke at him and he'd he'd be fine, but you don't pick up a lot when talking to him. So. When our program director Haas Newport, said, "All right, Jamie Rivers is gonna do the show with you this week," I honestly I was like, "Let me just do this this show solo." And it was nothing to do with, with Jamie. It was sure. just like you're constantly, you know it. You're constantly changing the show. If you're solo, it's it's all my st- it's it's all my ideas, all my thoughts, all the guests. This is exactly how I want to do it.
1: You have some consistency. Exactly.
0: In order to get the most out of Mark Saxon, the most out of Jamie Rivers, the most out of whoever, you have to, you, as a driver, you have to be willing to say, "All right, we're going to do X amount of Blues segments today. We're going to do X amount of Cardinal segments today." And you, you have to kind of change things up. You want the you want the co-host to feel comfortable in that spot. they they're stepping into a situation where they know they're filling in for Dunk. Who is battling cancer they want to do it right they want to be respectful and everybody's been you know everybody was respectful during that process um at the same time i'm like well i would we, do i really have a co-host opportunity here or is this you know what what is going on long term with with the show and i didn't want it to be the turn anymore because that was Duncan and i's show sure. you know i wanted to kind of eventually when it was right to turn the page jamie comes in right and first show you know i think maybe we did a a blue segment right right off the bat and he's showing his knowledge and things like that but a lot of it i'm like okay that's this is kind of how the show is going to go next segment cardinals something non-hockey maybe it was maybe it was football and i opened up the segment sometimes you throw to the guy sometimes you just give your opinion let the let your co-host react right well i open up the segment i give my opinion on something he hits me with a, I totally disagree. And I he's not in-depth with the Cardinals or, you know, football. He's he's hockey. He's hockey 24-7. He's like, no, Stolzer, he's like, you're completely wrong on that. I, I disagree, and here's why. It was, it caught me off guard in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. So him and I then start, oh, oh, I know exactly what it was. It was Marcelo Zuna. So Marcelo Zuna, the Cardinals, Cardinals outfield, was coming off a bad year, and I said, I think Marcel Ozuna is going to have a rebound year. He's going to hit 35 home runs, whatever. Then he hits me with a – no, I don't think so. No. Did you watch Marcel Ozuna play last year? No. That, that's So him and I start going back and forth. We're, we're, we're ribbing each other, things like that. Our, Ozuna hits a home run that night, and Jamie takes the gif of Ozuna pa- pointing – like he'll, he rounds first base, he's pointing up to the sky, mm-hmm. and Jamie goes, he must be pointing to you on the Ozuna mountain. Well, now we're getting, you know, that, that yep. becomes a bit. So all of a sudden, Michelle, it's not just the hockey knowledge. It's not just him being a pro. He gets it. He gets my humor. Mm-hmm. I get his humor. Yep. I like to be very, um, you know, I like to, I like to go overboard with my humor. I'm I'm cool with kind of the hyperbole. I'll, you know, I'll take something and and I may have that opinion, but I'll ramp it up like an opinion on steroids. He got it. He flowed with it. He wasn't afraid to disagree. And then when the mics went off, we would laugh because of what we just did. And then when people started to pick up on it, um, some of the Blues front office people were texting him during shows saying that, you know, this is funny or repeating back lines. He started doing Fox Sports Midwest. He has been doing Fox Sports Midwest, but during the Blues playoff runs, Mm -hmm. people, if they were outside, people would shout. Things to him that we had talked about during the show, like bits or whatever, and I just I realized very quickly that we had something. Never would I have thought, oh, Jamie Rivers is going to be the co-host that I have uh after Dunk, but it is kind of this goofball. We're we're like almost like uh, a brothership and a married couple all rolled into one, and it just it works. I'm excited to see how it plays out for four hours.
1: Well, I've listened and it's great. Thank it's you. It's awesome. And do you rub in that you were right about Ozuna often? <laughs>
0: You have to, yeah, because Jamie, Jamie, you have to, you have to tell him constantly, like, look, you're not the only guy. Like he was predicting stuff left and right with the Blues. Like he's like, all right, oh, this is game. Yeah. I mean he was he was on an unbelievable run. He'd
1: be like, Jaden Schwartz, huge night tonight. Everyone would be like, right. he's really kind of struggled this year. Yeah. What are you talking about? Jamie hasn't
0: played in like days. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's gonna get a cool. goal tonight. Jaden Schwartz goal, exactly. Yeah. He he was constantly talking about. Uh, I forgot. I think he was maybe it was. I think it was Dallas's. I don't know it wasn't Ben Bishop it one of the, one of the goals oh it was Martin Jones of San Jose so the blues start playing the western conference finals against the sharks and Martin Jones and he he was saying look the, the biggest issue with Martin Jones glove you got to go high glove side well, all of a sudden the blues glow goals were all glove high high side. So he got this big, enormous head, big enormous <laughs> ego. So yeah, you gotta kinda check him on things that you're right about.
1: Okay, speaking of ego, this is a really rough transition, but I wanna talk to you about Antonio Brown. Oh, boy. <laughs> because you have an interesting perspective on him. So right initially when I was writing the questions for you for this podcast, it was all about Antonio Brown being a diva and what a mm-hmm. bad teammate he was. And we've since and found some out. some more
0: serious allegations. Yes, we've right.
1: since found out that he is being sued a civil lawsuit. His trainer is saying that he sexually assaulted her on three different occasions. And that is very, very serious, very serious allegations. But I want to put that to the side for a second because I certainly want to be very careful there because right. there's a huge delineation from you being kind of an ass and you being a criminal. So yes, right. That's just and saying, we don't know at and this we point. We don't know right. about that point. But you went to the same college as A B.
0: Yes.
1: He was a Chippewa.
0: Fire Up Chips, Central <laughs> Michigan.
1: Central Michigan. It and was
0: me and Antonio Brown.
1: The two big stars to come Central <laughs> Michigan. And what did you say? JJ Watt, too, right? For JJ like Watt. Second.
0: So so here's the deal with Central <laughs> Michigan, right? Like I love my CMU Chippewas, right? Fire up chips. I love Mount Pleasant. Um, Casino right in Mount Pleasant, all right. seven minutes away you oh, know, this from is my dorm. Starting to make sense. Yeah, you. <laughs> so so Mount Pleasant was like my, I loved it, but with JJ Watt, JJ Watt was there for for one season, and he wanted to. They, they recruited him as a tight end. They wanted him to play defensive line. They wanted him to be a defensive end, and he goes, "No, I am a tight end. I'm out of here." So he transfers to Wisconsin. He walks on Wisconsin. He's a defensive end and he's a first round pick. He's a a stud. But my point in bringing up JJ Watt, uh, outside of like Thunder Dan Marley, um, Antonio Brown, myself, of Mm, course. Of course. We don't necessarily have a lot of uh, you know big time alum. So if you get a J.J. Watt for a year, you really got to hyping up that he was also a Chippewa.
1: But I will say it's a pretty. I mean Antonio Brown, eh, a yeah. pretty good Mount Rushmore up there, right? But well, we're kind of
0: Yeah, I mean like the rape allegations and stuff like yeah, that. Like that again, that but side. yeah, something like that when the the. the frozen feet, like he freezes his feet, the helmet stuff. Antonio, there's not a lot of Chippewas where we're, you know, they're, they're in the news, they're famous, and they're one of the best wide receivers in the league in your case. Just please stop it. Just, you know represent CMU
1: yeah of course but I think of you often when I hear about the Antonio Brown stuff because I remember when I was at ESPN years ago Ryan Clark was very vocal banging the strong being like let me tell you I know the Steelers I am ingrained in this organization this is not a good guy this guy is a problem the Steelers are doing a really good job of keeping this all under wraps I'm paraphrasing of course but he and for somebody like Ryan Clark to say that I mean, I remember the members of my show were like, wow, this is a big deal. And he caught a lot of heat from people in Pittsburgh from it. But then he goes to Oakland where there's cameras everywhere and you have these TV stars running the show and things get out. And so I always think about you because I'm like, Anthony knows how he was in college. You guys had people who knew each other, people Mm -hmm. who covered him. So was the writing on the wall with him there all the way back to college?
0: Yeah, he was kind of so my one of my really good friends, Drew Ellis, covered Central Michigan football. Football when Antonio Brown was there so I think I graduated maybe when Antonio Brown was coming in as a freshman like our, we didn't overlap and I covered Central Michigan sports but I did it for the local newspaper not the campus newspaper so that was that was that was drew drew's job he covered the football team and uh, and those teams are really good. I mean, for for Central, they were winning. I think they won a couple of MAC championships. Shout out MAC. When I was exactly <laughs> Toledo, Toledo fans and like Miami of Ohio fans right now are like, yeah, somebody <laughs> talking MAC football finally. You know, forget Bam LSU. Let's talk about CMU, Western Michigan.
1: Small talk is huge in the action crowd. Oh, okay?
0: good. good. <laughs> finally, we need something. Uh, so he covered. So Drew covered CMU, and I, I had to ask him. I'm like Drew. I'm like, what what was. Antonio, like uh when he first like showed up and when he was at cmu well he was lightly recruited he had to walk on a cmu he did he wasn't given a scholarship initially he came from a small school in florida i think the miami area and other stars came out of that same high school but he just wasn't recruited he's you know he's like six foot He's not like your prototypical julio jones six six foot four monster. he mm-hmm. was he was somebody that wasn't also the necessarily the fastest guy. But apparently he showed up to CMU with like a garbage bag full of clothes, and that was it. Like he was just all right. I'm here. Nobody knew who he was. So he gets on the field wow. and he is smoking corners. And he's just he's he's a highlight reel in practice. But he's talk he's he's talking a bunch of trash. He was only always talking at the defense, always talking about talking at the corners and things like this. So he eventually got a scholarship to to CMU. But yeah, he was now of course. Look, money I think makes you more of who you are. It doesn't necessarily change you. So now that he got paid, I think we're just seeing kind of who he was maybe in college. But it's now you know uh, to use the same term I used before, kind of on steroids. But yeah, he was always a trash talker, corner my buddy. He was always, he was always somebody that was. Uh, you know me but more of um, like an innocent diva if that's if that's the case as opposed to this destructive force that we started to see out in Oakland and now we're seeing more so with the Patriots but yeah he's always kind of a diva
1: interesting yeah I just imagine what life is like for somebody that shows up to college with a hefty bag yeah full of I'm clothes, here man here we go and now you're guaranteed tens of millions yeah of dollars,
0: sure sure, and sure. Have
1: everyone around you basically telling you how great you are all and, the time
0: and to Michelle too in defense of Antonio Brown he w- he had a chip on his shoulder because he saw other players maybe from his high school that were recruited nobody nobody wanted him you know central michigan to go from miami florida you right. know high school in miami florida to mount pleasant michigan where there is a the soaring eagle casino and uh you know a benegins and that's it for him he once he once he once he got the scholarship and he and he him and Dan LaFever is the quarterback like they put on a show okay yeah all right I can play mm-hmm. watch this six-round pick for the Steelers I think it was Plaxico Burris that they didn't re- No, Mike Wallace Mike Wallace they didn't resign him they gave the money to Antonio Brown he becomes a superstar so he was kind of fighting it all that all that time um, so now that he's got kind of the fame and fortune and things like that I think things have kind of gone off the rails
1: yeah, and honestly, I'm fatigued talking about him, yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna leave that sure. there. I feel like for the past two three weeks, it's just been no matter what outlet you turn on, it's Antonio Brown. And Michelle,
0: Brown. I do appreciate though you bring up Central Michigan. That's I, what I did. Here. I don't get enough uh, opportunities to talk about CMU. I think they lost 62 to nothing to Wisconsin last week, but Ooh. that's all right.
1: You know, what? heading into Week Three is always the best time of my college football existence because usually Illinois is two or now heading into Week yeah, Three. Yeah, <laughs> how
0: about that? And they look good this year.
1: Beat Akron. Beat you. you God.
0: Another Mac program? Sure, but uh, you've—I'm sure you've have, have lost. Ins- I don't have the schedule in front of me. I'm sure you've lost to a Mac school or two. Uh- Things have
1: have been rough for the past, I don't know, decade. Anthony, let's not revisit that, okay? Oh, man. Okay, so I'm so excited for you because you are a great football guy. You have a great football mind. And now that is going to be on display for the entire country because you are doing a new football show on ESPN Radio. So please tell our listeners about it.
0: Yeah, football frenzy. Thank you. Um, So, and I do want to share this as well. So being in St. Louis, like this is is where my kids are. You know, my, my kids were born here. my wife and I were married here my wife is from Oakville like this has been this has become a home for me you always wonder okay what what I could do nationally well because of Michelle Smallman because of freeze pop so I know he's been on this podcast as well you guys were saying hey look they're always ESPN radio is always looking for you could do it from remote always looking for nights and weekends hosts have you ever thought about it? I'm like no of course not so Michelle and Tommy, you you guys reached out to the mothership. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy helped put together a little, you know, um, demo, reel. demo reel for me. And you, you reached out and said, hey, just get, because obviously you work for ESPN Rio. Hey, give this guy a listen.
1: No, I was more emphatic about that. I it, was like, this guy is talented. Listen well, to this. <laughs> well,
0: I certainly appreciate it. You <laughs> and Tommy helped put the demo reel in front of the right people and uh and thanks to you know mike uranaga who listened to it and he liked liked what i had to say he's like hey great we're gonna you know give you a give you a one-year contract we'll do some nights and weekends so i did like four or five nights or weekend shows and then he calls me he says this was probably about a month ago that's how crazy things have been lately he goes uh hey anthony i wanted to ask you if you'd be willing to co-host football frenzies frenzy on uh, um, ESPN radio during the football season and like you said I'm huge with the NFL and I was about to say you know absolutely hell yes he said before you say yes you have to be in Bristol oh
1: boy here we go
0: Okay, <laughs> and I understand why you got all. The, it, it's a show that you're, you've got all the games on. You're taking the uh, the stringers are calling yeah, in. It's a lot happening. Yeah, exactly. You have you have to be in there. I can't do it from from St. Louis. I'm like, okay, let me uh, talk to my wife and you know St. Louis, the program directors stuff here. Well, Kristen was like, you're an idiot if you don't do it. You have you to know? do it. So now, yes, I'm flying out to yes. Bristol on Sundays doing football frenzy with um, Field Yates. Who I know you know well. Fields who's is the best. Awesome, such a nice guy. He's the best. I, I, I worked with him last Sunday, and then Mike Tannenbaum, who's a former general manager who was just hired by ESPN mm-hmm. Radio fairly he's good, recently. Though. He's excellent. Uh, and you think about the Jets, like, not a lot of success. They went to back-to-back AFC championship games 09 and, and 2010, and Mike Tannenbaum was the GM That's there. Right. So he's such a smart guy, but I'm I'm thrilled. So I finally got a chance to like go around the campus and and you know I was there late Sunday night so it's not like a bunch of stars were walking around or whatever but that was that was your life for years.
1: Yeah It's and- wild. Bristol's an interesting place because outside of ESPN in the actual town of Bristol, there's not a lot happening, but ESPN is, they call it campus because it's legitimately like a college campus. It is. And it looks
0: exactly like one.
1: You're walking around all the different buildings and whatnot, but I'm going to give you some tips to survive in Bristol. Do. Okay. Yeah, please I'm do. assuming you're staying at the Doubletree.
0: I am. Yep. <laughs> okay. So tip, Right across the street. From, of course. Yep.
1: Tip number one, have a drink at the Doubletree Bar, because that's when you're going to run into some interesting characters.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: Because you'll have all these stars flying in and out, all these analysts flying in and out, and there's always some good parties at the Doubletree. People will sit up at the bar, they have a little vodka or two, and they're like, let me tell you the real story about this.
0: Okay, so let me interject real quick. So I had, ironically, room 101 when oh. I stayed at the Doubletree. 101 obviously is our, our St. Louis station Meant here. to be. And that was right off where the bar was. Yeah, people were partying there like all night. I'm telling you, it's. I mean, I was like half asleep, and you know how that goes. But I swear they were partying the entire time. So it doesn't surprise me that maybe that's the kind of a spot to be.
1: Doubletree bars popping. You'll get a story or two out of that joint. Uh, and my real, my only other tip, I guess. Oh no, no, two tips. If you can park as close to radio as possible, building two, because okay. if not, you're going to get stuck all the way by building four and it's like a 20 minute walk. And as football progresses, it's going to get cold as hell there. So make sure, cause, oh, actually scratch that because they'll drop you off there. You don't have to drive there, right? Doesn't the I devil might... tree have a shuttle or do you get a rental car? I have
0: a rental car. Oh, okay, so great. Though this is huge. So yeah. this
1: does apply. Okay. So come in on the... I don't know if that's the south side entrance, the side closest to the double tree because okay. there's three different entrances and make <sighs> sure wild. I know. Make sure you park by building 2 as close as possible.
0: That's good advice because I went to the visitor center because I had to get my there. badge and stuff like that and yeah, that's a bit of a drive.
1: Do you have a badge now?
0: I do have a badge. Okay,
1: so make sure you park at the other side now close to building 2.
0: Building 2. I'm going to write this there down. There you go. Okay.
1: Also, number three. I'm
0: going to call you in a panic, too. Please like,
1: FaceTime me. I'll show you what I got. This is
0: uh, I'm in building 90. There's no building 90, Anthony. Where the hell are you? Oh uh, my God. New Jersey.
1: No, yeah. but you don't want to get caught by building thirteen, it's up the hill. I mean, it'll take you forever.
0: See, this is I'm so glad I'm doing this podcast right
1: there now. There you go, I'm helping you out. Yeah. Okay. Uh number three, the calf. Have you been to the calf yet?
0: I have, yeah. Uh Dan Z, a producer, who's who's a producer for the uh, football frenzy show. He he walked me down to the cafeteria. Nobody was in there. I mean, like I said, it was yeah. kind of late Sunday night, but, but isn't I saw, the calf awesome? It's awesome. They've got everything there.
1: You gotta get there during peak hours. It's like Grand Central Station in there.
0: Just watching everybody kind of walk around.
1: You're like, oh, I'm behind Stephen. Smith in the salad bar line, and you know, there's The Rock and line over to get a grilled chicken sandwich. With. But we know <laughs> it's course. not really The Rock.
0: But uh, Well, but it's if it was The Rock, you know he's getting grilled chicken.
1: No, if it was The Rock, he would have his own meals there. Probably. You've seen his food routine, right?
0: Yeah, he's insane. He
1: has to consume like, I, I don't even want to say, but it's it's Michael Phelps-esque what he consumes. That's a big
0: man. Food. He needs to fuel.
1: He's The Rock. <laughs> he's, the, he's The
0: Rock, exactly. People will just understand that. I wanted, so i I I didn't want to do cuz you know this so you get in this business right and all of a sudden you may have gone from getting autographs and seeking that stuff out to no that's that that those days are done and mm-hmm. and you don't even want to you don't that's it's just unprofessional. Oh of course. So I don't want to like be tourist guy first first time on ESPN radio so I like have my phone out and I'm kind of like just snapping like the studio just yeah. to, uh, and I'd be like text I'd text Chris and like Look,
1: this oh, is, no, no. This is where I'm at. Now that I'm in charge of digital and social content for 101, you are going to be doing Instagram stories from Bristol. I'm going to have you doing Fair all enough. sorts of stuff. And but if I someone... didn't want to
0: do the tourist thing.
1: But you know what? I understand that. But it's part of your gig now to take True. people behind the scenes. That's what they want. They want to listen to you here in St. Louis and be like, how cool that Anthony's you're, sitting there with them. You're
0: giving me a bit of an excuse to, to geek out a little bit, which I appreciate. But anyways, I was watching Sunday NFL Countdown Sunday morning. My show, my show, was going to be on five to ten, so I didn't go on until five. But I, I went early, one o'clock games because obviously we're sure. going we to be watching all the games so. and stuff. And I wanted, I wanted to meet Rex Ryan. I wanted to meet uh, oh, Randy Moss. I wanted to DC meet these too. guys.
1: You'll never see them.
0: I'm like, what? What's going on here?
1: You'll never see them.
0: Where's my? Where, where's Rex? I wanted to break down the, you know, his dad's defense. Yeah. Yeah, not so much.
1: Have you? Have they given you the full tour yet?
0: No, I just saw the, a lot of the radio set, which. Which you know, too, there's, I mean, it. it's, everything's kind of jammed in there. You think it's, it's big, but you think it's going to be spread out. There I are know. so many different studios and things like that. And I was in, I don't even know what studio I was in. It was like this big football room, five, five TV screens, mm-hmm. this big thing and, you know, big desk in front of us.
1: You were probably in my old studio. I might have been. They were still Canal Studio. There I you bet. go. If I've... I had to guess. When you walk down the hallway and you're facing the row of studios, what is it on your left-hand side? Yes, that was my old studio. Okay, fair That's enough. Where I used to, and run you can point look out there. ahead,
0: and there, there's the window and yep. producers and everything sitting there. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Well, I'm so pumped for you. So we're gonna put your football mind to work here, okay. obviously. So week one in the books, and some surprising outcomes, some teams that had a lot of hype that didn't perform so well, yep, and etc. So we want to do a thing with you called week one panic bus or calm the hell down. I like it. And I'm gonna float a team to you, and you tell me if indeed the fan base should panic or eh, just a bad outing.
0: Okay first people are gonna start hating me here in a second probably because rule number one if somebody if you're saying anything bad about my favorite team now I just hate you personally that's how kind of it works but yeah of course I'll let it fly that's why
1: I hate the whole city of Chicago <laughs> like you keep the Cardinals out of your mouth
0: <laughs> oh, I, I'm from Chicago
1: I know it's okay though the Cardinals are in first place
0: well. <laughs> I'm no Cubs fan though so yeah that's yeah, true it works all
1: right first on the docket probably the most hype team heading in to this season the Cleveland yeah. Browns
0: Oof. All right, I'm 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 saying, so what's what are my options? Panic, bus, or Calm the Hell Down?
1: Yes, hold oh, on. Let me get you the score, because I feel like I should say the score.
0: It was, uh, 40, it was
1: 43, 49. 43 to 13. They was lost that, to the Titans. That was
0: it. Okay, I thought they scored 49 points. Maybe I'm thinking of Baltimore by the second quarter that in Miami. That was
1: 59 to 10. Oh, my, oh my God. Lamar, that was one of those games, because I watched that one, yeah. where I was like, is Lamar Jackson that good or the Dolphins that bad?
0: Uh, so I'm going to say yes on that, because For I do Lamar? think— I'm going to say yes on both. Oh, Miami okay, is both. that bad, but I think Lamar Jackson is a better passer than what people are giving him credit for. I kind of watched the maturation with him at Louisville. Mm-hmm. He you could tell this he was growing more comfortable in the pocket. He wasn't escaping as much. That kid's got a uh, more than enough arm strength and he just you know, he needs to be comfortable in the pocket. I think you saw that Granted, you were in the secondary that day for Miami, and I know you're good, Michelle, but uh, you're not an NFL player.
1: Yeah, we know I'm not fast. Right,
0: so that was an issue. (laughs) Getting back to the Browns, I I would say panic bus. Panic, really? I was was saying, look, I am, you know me, I'm self-deprecating. I'll I'll crush myself on a bad opinion. I will. If I'm wrong, I'll state it. I'm not one of those guys that hides. But the Browns, I was somebody that was saying pump the brakes here because this is a team, first-time head coach, Second year quarterback, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. These guys are big time personalities. Jarvis Landry used to see, see targets. He was seeing like 20 targets a game in Miami. He's got to share that offense with o- Odell Beckham Jr. They got a nice, talented team, uh, running back in Nick Chubb. They got a nice young tight end in David Njoku. Like, that's it's one football. We haven't seen them win yet, and there's something to that. So I was more of the, hey, this is an eight and eight team than a ten win plus team going to the playoffs. So I I, I I will say panic bust there. I don't think they're a playoff team. Look at their tackles. Greg Robinson is their left tackle. Who
1: we are familiar with. We're
0: very familiar <laughs> with it being in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. Their their offensive tackles aren't very good. And I, I the the Titans matched up very well with them as we've come to find out. The Browns are going to win a handful of games this year. I don't think it's going to be a factory of sadness, but again I think they're more eight and eight than, you know, ten, eleven win team.
1: Even if they go eight and eight though, that is people sure. in Cleveland are going to be so pumped.
0: I I would think so, but the way like you're saying with them being hu- almost overhyped to a point, oh I, d- I do wonder if there's going to be oh well the, you know same old Browns. It wouldn't be though.
1: So I ran a half marathon in Cleveland a couple of weeks ago, and there was bragging about that. Ugh, please, I hate it.
0: You run. Michelle, we get it. Not you, well. Trust you, me. You run. I can't run to the refrigerator. I'm but am doing it for yeah. the kids, okay? I know you Don't are. Don't into it's, the charity. It's, a, it's an incredible thing you're doing.
1: No, but I hate it. But I was in Cleveland, and it was, I believe, their third preseason game, so they were on the road. And I'm talking to people there. I'm listening to local ESPN radio, and I remember hearing Aaron Goldhammer, who was on air yeah. there.
0: I uh, did a show with him one time on ESPN radio. He's really yeah, good. He's, he's very good. He's
1: done that for over a decade. He's very locked into Cleveland, yep. obviously. And I remember listening to him say that, even more than the LeBron Cavs teams, he's never felt more hype or more excitement surrounding a team in Cleveland. Certainly. And in the entire time he's done this as a broadcaster. Yep. And I thought, more than a LeBron Cavs team? But that just shows you how how low it's been for them and how much they're embracing. Because with LeBron, there's always a level of well, we've got LeBron. Right. We may not win, but we're going to be damn close. Sure. Whereas for the Browns, as you said, factory of sadness. Now they're like, finally, we are here. We're ready to do this. But yeah. Eight and eight will be a bummer for them if it, that's what happens.
0: So the the All Star MLB All Star game was in Cleveland this year, that's and right. I did the show with Aaron right right before the All Star game. I think it was that weekend. We met. maybe we had a Saturday, and the All Star game was going to be on Tuesday or whatever it was and he was saying so i'm like hey how much baseball are you guys talking you know, you get cleveland the indians are starting yeah. to come around he's like man we don't talk indians here i mean we do but you know it's all browns like, really and i think he, he may have even kind of said that as well about the the lebron yeah cleveland is such a huge football city
1: they love football they do all right next one the bears they fall 10-3 to to the packers obviously the opener of the season what do you think bears fans panic pan- bus not calm the hell down it's gonna be no, okay no no wow. uh,
0: again with uh-oh trubisky not only yes exactly so not only on one-on-one espn i've i've said this but on on espn radio so uh you know mutual friend taylor twelman i did a show with him And we did a segment where, okay, which team is being overhyped? And I said, I said the Bears, because I didn't see Mitchell Trubisky taking that proverbial next step and the defense being as great as it was a year ago without Vic Fangio, who was their DC, and now he's the head coach in Denver. I. I with the amount of turn, they had like twenty-seven interceptions. That that's not sustainable. Trubisky had to be the guy to 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 again take the, you know it's a cliche, but take that next step, mm-hmm. right? I didn't see him doing that. And you and I did a show too uh, when I was filling in with Bernie. We we're that's talking right. about the Bears. I'm like I'm not liking a lot of what is coming out of Chicago. It's a long season, but from what I saw in one game last Thursday, that was Mitchell Trubisky in November and December last year. I, th- I think there's plenty of panic there.
1: Yeah, and I believe you said this when you were on with me, but to expect that defense, as nasty as they are, to generate that many points yeah, is exactly. unsustainable, right? It's I mean, unrealistic.
0: Constantly putting Trubisky in that offense. And Matt Nagy knows what he's doing. I mean, that's a an that's a innovative play caller, but it's a tough ass to put up, put all that on the defense again two years in a row.
1: All right, last one, Anthony, and I hate to do this to you, buddy, as a noted Falcons guy, Yeah. but they fall to the Vikings 28 to 12. Are we calming down because they're going to be okay, or are we panicking?
0: I want to say panic because as a Falcon fan, you immediately go to that. <laughs> sure. I know you were at the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, no, sorry. I don't like to bring I that up. I was there when but... the
1: confetti fell. It was not black and red.
0: As you <laughs> at halftime, it, it was probably black and black and red. Who did the halftime show? Sure was it Gaga?
1: It was Lady Gaga. So she fell on the so, field before the game
0: so what was that like I mean forget football what was
1: my close personal friend Stephanie let me tell you about her. <laughs> no so um, I that day had to get the post game interviews for ESPN radio myself Allison Turner from the levitard show and Daniel Dopp secret squirrel fantasy focus everyone knows him he's a celebrity Allison is too but it was the three of us and we're all very type a we're all organized we, we had all never done it before so We looked at the media sheet, and we're like, what is the first minute that we can get in the door? We need to map out from where our seats are. How do we get Ah, to the tunnel? How do we get in line? How do we do this? How do we do that? So we get there. There's no one in Energy Stadium. No one. And we get up there. We put our stuff down. We're like, okay, we're going to get to the field. We're going to walk through. So we get down to the field. There's like a smattering of media people here and there, you know, maybe some tech guys walking around. And I look at the middle of the field, 50-yard line, and I see... A girl taking photos with one guy next to her, kind of being like the Instagram boyfriend taking pics of her. Right. And then everybody rushes over there to look at her. And I'm like, who is that? I'm like, oh my God, it's Lady Gaga. And it was it's just her. Ga- it's the Gogs. It's Gogs. Yeah. It's House of Gaga. <laughs> and she was just in like a little black outfit, black sunglasses, chilling. She's so tiny. She's very tiny.
0: And, and always, that's always crazy, isn't it? Oh, like, yeah. Wow, that, that person is small. A or lot that person of is huge. Very yeah. tiny. Yeah.
1: Especially the guys. Some of those guys will come through ESPN. I'm not naming names. Mark Wall. And you're like, wow, (laughs) you're ripped, but you're tiny.
0: Yeah. Those are massive guns. But uh, what are you, 4'10"? (laughs) Yeah,
1: maybe. Yeah. But sorry, Mark. I know you listen to this podcast. (laughs) Don't take it personally. But she's walking by, and I say to Allison, I go, will you get a picture with her? And Allison hates to be on camera. She doesn't like photos. She doesn't like to be on camera. Whenever she's on camera on the Levitard show, she's dressed as the Grim Reaper. That's how much she hates (laughs) to be on camera. For Levitard fans, you get the show, you know. So she's like, no, I'm going to get yours. So she says to her... Hey Gago, huge fans. We take a picture with my friend, and she goes, "Sure!" And she like wraps her arm around me, pulls me wow. in. We pose for a photo, and I, we start chatting. I was like, "Oh, good luck tonight. Are you excited?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm so excited." We're chatting with her. She was so cool. So
0: the Gogs is awesome. Awesome. That's that is I the stories show you I. This photo. So I don't. I listen. We we know like if. There, sometimes you may just call, catch somebody, may catch a celebrity on a bad day, right? Running around, you don't know what's going on. Oh, you're showing me the I'm photo right me. now. That's awesome. It's
1: See how she pulls me in? Yeah. So close. We're best friends now.
0: Yeah, you guys are besties. I should have
1: gone her digits. Damn could have s- done dinner after her amazing performance.
0: Damn near sisters. Um, You know, look, like some people are, oh, that celebrity's a jerk. Well, what was going on in their day that you felt as though that they were a jerk? But to hear, like, the person is awesome and just a quote-unquote normal person, that's really cool. She
1: was the best. But, but yes, cool. so then I was in the tunnel, and I had my list of players. I'm like, okay, Matt Ryan, Julio oh, yeah. Jones, all these people I'm going to talk sure. to. Thinking Falcons. And then yep. as you- We all know what happened. Uh, We know the ending to that story. So
0: I'm a diehard Falcon fan. Deion Sanders was my guy and all that stuff. So I've been a Falcon fan forever. You just expect the worst. You do. I mean, I. So you're panicking?
1: We're going to calm down.
0: I'm going to say calm down because I think Minnesota is that good, and I don't think the Falcons are that bad. Okay. And, and Minnesota thumped the Falcons that day. It was a horrible matchup, and I, I'll, I've said this about other teams. The fa- it fits the Falcons. They're paper tigers. Like, they're the team that you look down and it's like, my God, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, Deion Jones. You go down, the like Devontae Freeman, to go down the list, and you're like, this team is unstoppable they get against minnesota or something like that on a road a road game and they just kind of shrink. and i hate it but it's it's the way it is but that team isn't as bad as what they what they showed
1: you hate it, but you're also conditioned to it?
0: I'm very conditioned <laughs> to it. Yes, very. And it, the worst, I mean, we're kind of like, Falcons fans are kind of like Lions fans or Cubs fans back before they won the World Series. You're just expecting it. Like, how are you going to fucking take my kidney tonight, Falcons? Yeah.
1: Georgia fans and general. Georgia fans
0: too, exactly, right? Just if you Absolutely. live in the state
1: of Georgia, deal with it, right? Right,
0: and people are like, oh, why are you so negative on your team? I, I know my team. I, I realize this is going to happen. I will say this, though, at, when Robert Robert Alford, uh, intercepted to Tom Brady and went to the house the first time all year, I go, my God, this is going to happen. I thought about it. When he intercepted Tom Brady, this isn't... Because the Falcons were good that year. They were I mean, really they good. were... Yeah, anyways. I don't want to talk about this anymore.
1: But you know what? I will say this. let go back bl- to
0: Antonio Brown in Central Michigan.
1: Oh, please no. But as a Blues fan
0: well yes you know
1: until the final horn sounded i thought this isn't gonna happen oh, And no me. lie when petro scored that second goal i blacked out i got dizzy <laughs> i got lightheaded i had to sit down i thought i was gonna have to be taken off on a stretcher right. because it hit me all at once they're gonna do this they're gonna win the stanley cup right but then even when i came to and i was lucid i was like okay where am i a oh, third period right. oh my god but then i thought i kept to saying to myself but they excel in the third period. They get better as they get. They're going to. And then they, and obviously and they, they scored it three, up. four. They open it up. Yeah. But still, until that final horn. My dad, I posted a video of my dad and I watching it happen together.
0: I saw that. Until
1: the horn sounded, he wouldn't celebrate. I don't blame cause him. Because he's like, something will happen. So tone,
0: if, if I can call you Tone, I, I'm you with can, you on that. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you.
1: But don't worry. It will happen. If it could happen for the Blues, it's going to happen for the Falcons. <sighs> one day. Maybe not this year, but <sighs> one day.
0: Okay. All right. I'll believe you.
1: Before we move on, any other teams that you have notable observations on after week one?
0: Well, I thought the Ravens. I think it's a combination of them being uh, better than what people think, uh, and Miami being just as bad as people think. And if the Browns aren't ready to to kind of hand the torch over to, or if they or I'm sorry, if the um, Ravens or Steelers aren't ready to hand the torch to the Browns this year, I think the Ravens, the Ravens, could be one of those teams that. We're talking about a lot more as the season wears on. The NFC is wide open. I, I'm buying into Minnesota. Green Bay is interesting, but you know they they didn't score much against Chicago. Obviously, NFC West is just kind of a free for all. And then the AFC South. Who would have thought a couple of weeks ago, Gardner Minshew, Marcus Mariota, Deshaun Watson, and Jacoby Brissett were going to be quarterbacks in that that division? So, as always, the NFL is as always the NFL is always unpredictable. Always. How many times can I say always?
1: Not for long, though, right? Not for long. Whether you're a player, team... okay Anthony before I let you go I'd be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity for you and I to get the chance to share some stories about our friend Chris Duncan it's been a super tough week here for our 101 ESPN family for the St. Louis Cardinals family for obviously the Duncan family but you mentioned Chris off the top of the podcast and for those who don't know who Chris Duncan is he was our teammate here at 101 ESPN he was your former co-host on the turn he was also the co-host of the fast lane He was a 2006 World Series champion, St. Louis Cardinal. And Dunk, unfortunately, lost his battle with brain cancer. And he passed at the age of 38. We got that news over the weekend. And it's just been super tough and I know it hit you especially hard as someone that was very close with him personally. Yeah. But I choose in situations like this to always remember the good in people and not dwell on the sad. Sure. And Chris Duncan was a singular person and by that I mean you will never meet anyone in your life like Chris Duncan. He was this interesting cocktail of a guy where he was so funny but inappropriate but in the best <laughs> way it wasn't, you know, it wasn't very an Very impo-
0: innocent, sweet yes, guy. but so yeah, sweet. Yeah, like a he bit would, of a partier.
1: Yes, but he would make these jokes that were so inappropriate, but he didn't mean anything creepy or yeah. harsh by it. it was just he had the best essence about him. And he
0: wanted to make people laugh.
1: He wanted to make people laugh. Legendary storyteller, but he was also so hardworking and prepared. And here's a guy who's a World Series champion and whose dad is the greatest pitching coach in the history of baseball. And he's so tied in with the Cardinals and Tony Larusa, but he never rested on that. He always wanted to be prepared. And I just know working with him, you got to observe him in a way that a lot of people didn't. And so the question that I have for you, because we could wax on and on about what a great guy Dunk was, but as I mentioned, legendary storyteller. We've heard him tell so many stories on the air over the past couple of days. We've been sharing stories about him over the air. But this podcast is a little different. We don't have FCC violations here, which <laughs> Dunk would love. So I want to know what is the best story of an experience you had with Dunk or a story that he relayed to you that you couldn't tell on radio that you can tell on this podcast with no restrictions?
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know if we probably could tell this one on, on radio, but we never have. So I'll, I'll do kind of a personal one because he has told stories before with him being uh, a ball player mm-hmm. and maybe partying a little too hard like he would they, they, I think they were playing the Mets one one year and he <laughs> he like got got lost in the meatpacking district in in New York without his wallet and he like woke up in some bar that he didn't like he had to go back for he had to send the clubby back to get his wallet but he told that one on air so there's a lot of stuff and look dunk dunk was dunk was very he's he's very affable he's very funny yes and he told a lot of stories, and he almost kind of put it as, "Oh, you know, it's just his party." Or Dunk worked his ass off, as you as oh, you it too. Like Dunk More was than anybody. dedicated, man. So, um, and I don't think anybody that knew him and watched him play would would think otherwise. But I just want to throw that out there. So, um, one, I think it was a, like a Memorial Day weekend or Labor Day or something like that. We we had off on Monday, and I believe it, this was when I was still still producing the fast lane. But maybe maybe it was Dunk and I uh, in the turn. So we go over to Dunk's. The house Kristen and i for like a barbecue but the barbecue was over at his his uh next door neighbor's house mike mike galani so we go over there and we're all having a good time it's a barbecue you know the drinks are flowing everybody everybody's doing well dunk <laughs> dunk never knew when uh, it was a night you know his night to, his Keep night going. to him just kept going right so <laughs> we were over we certainly were over there for a while and like people are starting to Dwindle out and Kristen and I are kind of looking at each other, like, okay, uh, you know, when when's the time? When's the time to rap? And, you know, Dunk, Dunk was still drinking and doing his thing. His wife Amy had already went home like two hours prior. So it's just, it was just us. So uh we're walking out of Mike's house right next door, and you know, we're like, hey, Dunk, thanks for everything. We're in and He goes, Oh no. He goes, No, 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 no. Have you ever heard me play piano? And he smashed. Like he smashed. And we're like, that dunk. Wait, you know, look. When you're in the right frame of mind to play the piano, is he, he? Oh, so you don't want me? To, you don't want me to play piano? And he was like that too, where he was almost kind of like this innocent kid too. And, and Chris and I were like, of course we want to hear you play piano. Yeah, buddy. Go Please, ahead. let's go back over to your house. Well, I don't know if it was like take me out to the ball game or Stairway to Heaven or something like that, where he was like he was trying to play and he kept screwing up. But even though he had had many man sodas. He was, that like determination was still coming out. He wanted us to hear that he could play this song. And he was like growing both frustrated, angry, and embarrassed. And he's like, guys, I'm so sorry. I will get this. So like he'd play a couple notes, screw it up, then start over. Play a couple of notes, screw it up, and start over. So it's just this ongoing thing. So finally I looked at Chris. I'm like, let's just kind of go. So we start to head toward the door. I'm like... I'm like dunk. That sounds awesome. And he like turn around. No, it's not. I gotta perfect this. He's like half hanging off the piano pew, and he's still, you know, he's still trying to play it. The best part of the story was that we we like said goodbye. I don't even know if he realized that we he had left, but we're walking down the path to his home and the piano where him and Amy were. That the like piano was kind of in the in the front of the house. We. He, he stayed there. You could still hear him play. It'd be a note. He'd stop and then start over. And it was so funny to hear the piano still playing is like, you know, we, we were we were walking away from the house. But I thought that kind of encompassed him because, mm-hmm. again, he wanted to do this. He'd set out. like He wasn't a piano player, but he had set out because I think he wanted to play for Amy on their wedding yeah, night. that's he why. Went, yeah, he wanted to learn. And for him to, you know, like whole night of party and drink or whatever, and he wanted to kind of impress us or whatever. And I just, I always think about us walking down the path to his house and him like clunking on the piano to, again, whatever it was, take me out to the ballgame or say where right to heaven or whatever. But just a unique individual uh, Chris Duncan was.
1: I have a piano story about him too. So we were at the Super Bowl in Indy. I was producing for Bernie. He was on the fast lane. And we all went out one night to a Super Bowl party. And those are legendary, just as legendary as he is. And I remember partying with him there. And he, he kept looking at me and he was like, Michelle. I was a professional athlete. Baseball parties are not like this.
0: <laughs> He's
1: like Baseball parties are not like this. He's like, you know, there's like beautiful people all around, celebrities. Everyone's dressed a certain I mean, way. This he is
0: was, it. The Super Bowl parties. His
1: eyes were as big as thought. So- he was like, this is new for me. <laughs> and he was like, getting a candy store. But of course, pounding some man sodas. Sure. We stumble out of there pretty late. And we go back to the hotel. We're in the lobby. And same thing. He saddles up to the piano and he starts playing cla- awesome. classical music. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sit in here. I know how to play the piano. So he told me how he was. Please left.
0: sit down. I will uh, handle this. It was the like entertainment Billy, tonight. Billy Joel. He was right. like.
1: Cutting jokes, swearing, telling stories. Oh, yeah. And the, I feel like the more he drank, the better the stories would get because he would have no inhibitions. He oh, would tell sure. you the best stories from the road when he was in AAA. But I just remember sitting there thinking, I wish I could record this because this felt like you were in an intimate piano bar but with the best host that Seriously. you could ever have. It's so funny.
0: Dunk, um, Dunk was I, – I think I told this to – I mentioned Nick Wagner earlier. Um, I think I told this to Wags one time. I said, Dunk is – is complicated and uh like complicatedly simple
1: yes that's such a great way and i
0: realize it. it doesn't make any sense but, but if that, you know him it does if you if you knew him that's he was a he was he was more complicated than what he always you know like he portrayed because he portrayed the fun affable guy all the time and that's who he was very you know simple in that that respect of Dude loves baseball, loves his family, and, you know, that, hey, he's cool. He's good with everything else, and he was that way. Very complicated, though, too, where he, you know, uh, competitive and, and you know, too, like, if you read any of my tweets the night that he passed away, that was such a tough night. It was important for me to kind of say, like, him and I would battle. Him and I mm-hmm. would fight like brothers. Him and I— they, People would see it too in the studio. Like they'd come in, like we had a very fun show, but people would come into the studio, and him and I some, some days might be screaming at each other for something stupid. Then we would talk that night, and you know, he he said this too after one one argument. And he this was kind of this complicated, this simple aspect of dunk too. So, like, whatever we're fighting about, something something stupid. Like you just you work, you work together every single day. that's going to happen. And it was important for me to say that too, because I'm sure some people go through that where like somebody passes away and my God, what did I just say? What did I say to them at at one point? Why did I say that? That's life. Mm -hmm. Life isn't going to be always kind of, you know, this fun stuff. So I wanted to portray like we fought like brothers. We laughed like brothers. It was, it was all of that. Um, But he said to me too, so we fought and then, you know, he called me that night or I called him or whatever. And we're kind of talking, I'm like, Hey Duncan, you know, I'm sorry about that. I should have listened to X, Y, and Z. He goes, and he didn't. Even, he didn't say anything. But he goes, uh, "Brothers fight," and that was it. And
1: oh my god, that just gave me goosebumps. It's
0: some, you know, kind of summed it up. And he's absolutely mm-hmm. right. Brother, brothers fight. So so I, simple. It is, but it's, yeah, very complex. Yeah. So uh, Dunk. Yeah, Dunk. Um, yeah, it's he's he, uh, he. There was a lot of inspiration too that you can certainly draw from his fight with cancer. Th- what he was going through didn't want to let anybody really know but mm-hmm. i mean i saw it firsthand there were shows that where you know he got chemo either right after the show or right before the show um throw up in breaks and come back and do the show like and 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 i'd say to him to, to take the rest of the day off he refused to no and that you know like that fighter in him so there's a lot of just kind of inspiration to him too and just uh yeah, I miss. I'll miss him. He'll he'll be with me forever. Forever, he will. all yeah. of
1: us. He's a guy that doesn't leave you. No. Anything he did, he did hundred. So he'll be yeah, with us forever. Well said. Well, Anthony, this was so fun. Thank you for taking the time. Absolutely, to do this. no,
0: it's my pleasure. Thank you. And
1: I'm so pumped for our listeners because they're going to get to hear a lot of you this fall. So again, here locally, one one, ESPN, Stalter and Rivers, ten to two, and Football Frenzy, times? five to ten, yeah, five, five to, to 10, ten on
0: Sundays, and we get preempted sometimes because of ESPN baseball. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to do that as well.
1: All right, one of the most daunting tasks of planning any kind of get-together is the bar. We've all done it. You go to the store, you just start piling things into your cart, beer, wine, booze, whatever you can find. You're literally guessing at what and how much to get. So wouldn't it be nice if you could just pick up the phone and call someone, have them take care of it for you. And that's exactly what Liquid Spirits' new DIY service does. St. Louis's premier beverage catering service now offers DIY packages. So not only will they take your guest count and create a great supply of your favorite beverages, they can even deliver it to you and it's chilled. How about that? They're going to literally take care of everything for you, so your party's going to be awesome. You're going to look great and pull together, and you did not have to do anything. Minimal effort. So the next time you're planning an event, give the professionals at Liquid Spirits a call. 314-347-7297, or just visit them on Facebook and Instagram at Liquid Spirits STL. Man, it is hard to believe that Dunk is gone If you're not a baseball fan if you don't live in the st. Louis area if you are in any way unfamiliar with who Chris Duncan is I urge you take a few minutes this weekend Google him because not only was he a championship caliber athlete he was a championship caliber person and I'm sure if you do Google him you'll find a piece of audio maybe a video a photo a specific photo comes to mind of dunk and it'll make you laugh it'll make you smile But I really do appreciate Anthony Stalter for coming on the podcast this week to share stories of our friend and just chat with me in general. And you mark my words, Anthony Stalter is a star on the rise. And a lot of people listening to this podcast are familiar with him. But if you're not, be sure to check him out, not only here in St. Louis or nationally on ESPN Radio, but you can follow him at Anthony Stalter on Twitter. He's always pumping out good content there. But you know what time it is. It's that time of the podcast. Let's do a review. If you haven't already, head to Apple Podcasts, search for Small Talk. Black box, white writing, find it, rate it, preferably five stars and leave a review like this person, Casey Ann, who says the best of the best five stars. She says this podcast is in a category of its own. I love everything about it. Michelle makes it feel like I'm sitting in the room chatting with a friend all the while laughing and making my day. Totally just binge the show. Couldn't get enough. Thank you for that Casey Ann. I know a lot of people are like, oh, forget Michelle. I am still bummed that the Post Show Pod Squad's not together. I am bummed about Saruti and I get it. I understand. I reciprocate those feelings. I am bummed too, but we're going to make the best of it until we can piecemeal everything back together. But quick update. I spoke to Saruti yesterday. He's doing amazing. He's loving his new gig. I think he's going to announce what it is fairly soon. So I'll be sure to keep you updated on that and also updated when we're going to chat with him next hopefully sooner rather than later but we will be back in action here next week but until then good night boston
0: thanks for listening to small talk subscribe on apple podcasts or the podcast one app